us be attentive. Their voice has gone out into all the earth. The heavens declare the glory of God. Wisdom. The reading is from St. John's first letter. Let us be attentive. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we saw it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing this, that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live according to the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all his sin, from all sin. Peace be with you, the reader. arise let us hear the holy gospel peace be with you all the reading is from the holy gospel according to saint john let us be attentive On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. 
The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. In believing you may have life in his name. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Christos Anesti, Christ is risen. There was a one summer night, and there happened to be a lot of thunderstorms going on that evening. And as usual, the mother was tucking in her child into bed. And she was about to turn the lights off and, of course, you know, go away and leave him there, but naturally he cried out to her, and he said, Mommy, will you please you know, stay with me right now because of the, the thunder and, and all the lightning? And please stay with me all night. And Mommy, smiling gently, walked away and just said, It's okay, I, I can't tonight, dear. I have to sleep in, in Daddy's room with him. Then there was a pause, kind of a long silence. And at last, it was broken by the voice of the little boy who said, that big scaredy cat. <laughs> now, I bring this up today. It is Mother's Day. It's a beautiful story about a mom loving her little boy and going to take care of her scared husband, too. But in any case, we run into the word fear in today's gospel reading. Here, after the glorious resurrection of Christ, which we celebrated just a week ago, we come to the Sunday of Thomas, really one of my favorite Sundays. And in Greek, it's also called Pascha, not anti-Pascha, but another Pascha. Because if you notice in the Gospel reading, it said on the first day of the week, Christ appeared to his disciples. That is the day he rose from the dead. Thomas wasn't there. And then eight days later, he again appeared to them. Today, right, the next Sunday, inaugurating the weekly celebration of the Lord's resurrection from the beginning of Christianity. In any case, we also read that even though Christ had risen from the grave, the disciples were still kind of in a state of 
bewilderment, confusion, and fear. That word popped up again and again in today's gospel reading. What does it say? That they were cowering up in the upper room behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. They were still scared of being persecuted, what had happened to Christ before them. They couldn't put it all together yet. That will come certainly on the day of Pentecost, and they will be drastically transformed. But we'll get to that in 50 days. Fear, we saw in them, these men, even during Christ's trial, during his betrayal, during his very crucifixion. It says that all of them abandoned him. We know the sad story of Christ, um, of Peter's denial of Jesus that very night when he was listening outside trying to figure out what was happen, happening at that time. And even at the crucifixion, Christ is alone on the cross. Speaking about this, you could call it a passion or a vice, cowardice and fear, St. John of the Ladder tells us that fear or cowardice is the daughter of unbelief. So what does that mean? Unbelief or lack of faith gives birth to fear, to cowardice, something that is contrary to having trust in God. Another thing that he tells us in his book, The Ladder, St. John says, a proud soul is the slave of cowardice. Trusting only in itself, it is frightened by a sound or a shadow. So therefore, once again, trusting in just yourself, not putting faith and hope and trust in God, leads to this state of fear, of being scared, maybe of even being in terror of certain things in life. So we see that a lack of faith, a lack of putting ourselves in the loving hands and care of God our Father leads to this condition. And so again, referring back to the disciples at the time of what happened to their Lord and their Master whom they walked with for so many years, yet their faith had not matured to the level that it should have been at that time. And we see that even after the Lord's resurrection, Fear prevents so many things from happening in our lives. It keeps us from really kind of going forward and doing a lot of things. It can prevent us from going into the unknown because, again, maybe we think we're doing it all by ourselves or we don't have the level of faith that we should have in our Lord. Fear can prevent us from repenting, changing our ways because we fear shame or ridicule or from being accepted. Fear can keep us from exposing our true selves, the deepest and secret things, the sicknesses within us, because we fear exposing ourselves to the spiritual physician, the priest. Fear causes us to drown in all sorts of anxieties and phobias and all the concerns 
that we might face, like the famous passage of Peter starting to sink into the waters because he became afraid and lost his sight on Jesus Christ walking on the water. Turning to his right and to his left, not focusing on his Lord, he became afraid and became sinking down into those waters. And that can happen to all of us if we let fear take hold. Fear can even prevent us from doing good to others, from giving of ourselves or giving from our possessions, our goods, our money, because we don't trust God enough and somehow think that we'll go broke and become destitute. We forget Christ's words from the gospel. Therefore I tell you, do not fear about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, or even about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Fear can also give way to terror and paranoias of all sorts. can even cause us to close ourselves up within ourselves. But we hear the beautiful prophet King David talking about trust in the Lord, not fearing anything because God is at our right. He says, The Lord is my light and my Savior. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defender of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? One of the beautiful desert fathers, Abba Serapion, he talked about this and kind of gave us a little antidote, a remedy. He says, When the soldiers of the emperor are standing at attention, they cannot look to the right or to the left. It is the same for the person who stands before God and looks towards him in reverential fear at all times so that he cannot fear anything from the enemy. I said that all the disciples deserted Christ out of fear and persecution and what might happen to them. There was, of course, but one who did remain faithful. That is St. John, the beloved disciple. St. John, the apostle. St. John, the evangelist. I mention him not only because he did not buckle to this fear or spirit of cowardice, but we also commemorate him today on May the 8th. We got to sing his beautiful hymn during the liturgy today. And in fact, it's a beautiful miracle we commemorate today, and I wanted to mention it for just a moment. The actual repose or falling asleep of St. John is September the 26th. It is said that when it was time for him to go back to the Lord, and he knew this because of his intimate relationship of Christ, it had been revealed to him when it was time for him to leave this earth. He took seven of his disciples in the city of Ephesus, where he was uh, the apostle, ruling bishop, if you will, of that entire region, and had them bury him in the ground. They came back a few days later and opened up the tomb, and, and he was gone. The beloved disciple was taken by our Lord. He did die. He fell asleep. But like the Panagia was taken up to heaven by Christ, so close of a relationship did he have with our Lord, the one who reclined in the bosom of Christ at the Last Supper, the one who drank from the wisdom, from wisdom himself, and gave it to us in his incredible books 
the Gospel of John, his three beautiful epistles, and of course, the Apocalypse, the revelation given to the beloved disciple. In any case, on May the 8th, year after year, at that very place, a beautiful mist or powder, something they called manna, because, you know, manna means what is it? They didn't know what it was, would appear from his tomb and heal all sorts of people. This beautiful miracle we commemorate today. This St. John stood close by our Lord, never leaving his side. This St. John, when we look at the scene of the crucifixion, you see at the base of the cross, right next to Christ, without any fear, standing there faithfully by the side of his Lord, together with the Panagia and the other myrrh-bearing women, who we'll speak about, of course, next week. This takes me to the next person who did not, of course, desert our Lord in those final days, the Virgin Mary, the mother of mothers that we can think about on this beautiful Mother's Day, who, of course, stood at the very base of the cross of her son. You remember the beautiful words of Christ from the cross. He looked down, and he looked at his beautiful disciple, beloved, and he said, Son, behold your mother. And he looked at his mother, and he said, Mother, behold your son. Entrusting his sweet mom to the care of his beloved disciple, John. This is another proof for us Orthodox Christians that indeed she is ever Virgin Mary. As declared as dogma by the Third Ecumenical Council, there were no other children to take care of her. Christ was her only begotten son and therefore entrusted her to the care of John to take her to his home to care for her again till the end of her days as well. What a beautiful thing we have, and we can only imagine the grief of a sweet mother like the Virgin Mary seeing her son upon the cross as we heard, put into her, word, into her mouth the beautiful words of the theologians and hymn writers of our church at the Lamentations, such as these. When your mother saw you, the word of life, now lifeless, she mourned like any mother. And again, O oh my sweetest springtime, O oh my child beloved, how has your beauty failed? And again, the words of the Virgin Mary, whom the prophet Simeon prophesied about when she brought Christ to the temple at 40 days and said that at the end of your life, a sword will pierce your heart because she will be there at the base of the cross of her only begotten son and her God. She says this as well. O light into my eyes, give me light, O my child beloved. How can a tomb now hide you? These beautiful words of the Virgin Mary standing by boldly with courage at the base of the cross of her son. Yet another aspect of courage I want to bring to you this day. The last two days I was in Chicago at our Metropolis Oratorical Festival. It really was a wonderful experience because I've never attended the Metropolis level one here before. I went on Friday with my daughter, Evie, because she was representing us. And also, there were many, many young people at that festival. It was hosted at St. Nicholas Church in Oak Lawn, a suburb of Chicago. Parish priest's father, 
Chris Margellos, a son of our parish here. It was great to see him as well. But to see exactly what I'm speaking about this morning, brothers and sisters, in these young people, courage, boldness, faith, and I mean not arrogantly, but in a humble Christian way, because these young people prepared their talks, prepared their icons, prepared their essays and poetry, those four categories of the oratorical festival, got up and presented their faith in the midst of other people they had never seen before, strangers, me, a priest sitting in the room. I, I was with the junior division, not to judge them. They had the judges set up, but to be with them, to give them the blessing, and to hear to these 18 talks. I think 14 were given in the senior division. And by the way, our Eva Hajianis brought home the first prize for poetry for our parish. And Paraskivi, my daughter, brought home second place for our metropolis in the oratorical festival. I need to say that because it's a beautiful event. And it's a wonderful thing to see these children, not children so much anymore, but teenagers, talking about world events, terrorism, the awful things that are going on in the world, talking about their faith in the midst of society, in the midst of the schools that they are in, and standing out sometimes like a sore thumb as Orthodox Christians, because this is the cross we will bear in this world. What an example. What a testimony, I must tell you. What encouragement and edification I receive from these beautiful people speaking about their faith and living it. These are the people who are going to carry on the mantle of our church in the generations to come. And so I personally take courage from this, as we all should. So returning to this theme of fear that we saw St. John the Theologian oppose vehemently, the Virgin Mary, not caring what might happen, but standing faithfully by the cross of her son, and our young people boldly proclaiming their faith and testifying to their reliance on Christ in the midst of the world that they live in today. St. John Chrysostom gives us these beautiful words. What can I fear? He says, will it be death? But you know that Christ is my life and that I shall gain by death. Will I be fearful of exile? But the earth and all its fullness are the Lord's. Poverty I do not fear because riches I do not long for and from death I do not shrink. There's the famous saying that we should all kind of Keep in mind, fear knocked at the door, faith answered, and no one was there. So when that fear comes, remember, have faith in God, trust him, and all will be well. Brothers and sisters in Christ, therefore, we must face whatever fears come into our lives in this faith given to us by Christ in everything that he did, taught, taught and spoke about, and certainly by his rising from the dead, and armed with his might. Again, St. John of the Ladder, he advises this. He says, as you go to those places, wherever fear might lay hold of you, put on the armor of prayer. And when you reach that place of fright, stretch out your hands 
and whip your enemies with the name of Jesus. Since there is no stronger weapon in heaven and or on earth. And when you drive the fear away, give praise and thanks to the God who has delivered you, and he will protect you for all eternity. The beautiful prayer that ends so many of our services says, My hope is the Father, my refuge is the Son, my protection is the Holy Spirit, Holy Trinity, glory to you. Christ is risen. Please rise.